Just Boldly Go podcast, where we help women and a few cool dudes face their fears, set goals, make game plans, and generally take their current circumstances by the balls so they can live a life they can't wait to get out of bed for every single day. So I have with me today, Heather Sager of heathersager.com, and she's a speaker, presentation coach, and communication strategist, but I will let her explain exactly what it is that she does. Yeah, I would love to. So I help people get better with their words and not just their words, but showing up and communicating their message with confidence. So whether that's a business owner trying to describe to their audience what they do and how they can help someone to just getting better with your communication, like persuading your husband to take out the garbage. I think communication is one of those things that we all do it by default, but when we do it in an intentional way, you find that things just start becoming easier. So that's what I do in my business. Communication is so key. And whether you are running a business or just, you know, getting in that mindset of like thinking about it, you really have to have a good communication structure. It just makes everything so much more difficult if you don't, you know, get how to communicate with people. I totally agree. And I think a big issue with that is we kind of take for granted this idea of communication since most of us talk every single day of our lives. We think that we already know how to do it. It's kind of like, I don't know, running or walking. We technically know the skill, but if you, let's say, wanted to run a half marathon, you wouldn't just like show up and kind of run every day. You'd figure out how do you do it in a way where you're not going to hurt yourself and actually finish the finish line without falling down dead. So when it comes to communication, what I I like to think about with people is you have to like think of communication like a muscle that you work if, if you want to get better at it. So a lot of us think things in our minds. And then when we go to say them out loud, we get frustrated because our ideas or our thoughts or the way we say things aren't what matches what we intended or what's in our head. And I think we just have to give ourselves a lot of grace and recognize that we don't think in words. We actually think in images and ideas and memories and all these other types of things. So the first place that I always tell people when it comes to communication, if you first recognize that you have to understand that between your mouth and your mind is like a muscle. And the more that you work it, meaning the more that you practice saying things out loud, the better you get. And then of course you can apply more strategies to get more strategic with it. But first and foremost, we have to recognize we have to work on our communication skills. Otherwise they won't get any better. Absolutely true. I know um, you help people with public speaking, correct? And I actually am kind of moving into that arena, but I have a lot of fear around it. I did one speaking gig in England. It was my very first one in London. Congrats. It wasn't a very big event, but it was really awesome. And it really helped me do something that was completely uncomfortable for me. But I know I made an impact because I got a really good response from it. But how do you, what do you tell people to like, get over it. And like, you know, right now, obviously there are no live events and we all have to do this online thing. So a Facebook live is just as intimidating as getting in front of people because you know, some people are going to watch it eventually. So how do you get over that? How do you get through that fear? 
Yeah. Okay. So first let's just touch on that wasn't just a small event. Like that was a big deal. Like you don't, I don't think you get really get over your fear. I feel like you learn to push through it. And there are definitely some strategies that I I can teach you here in just a second around how do you show up for that? But I want to touch on real quickly. You mentioned this idea that live events, they're not happening right now, but there are other stages. So what I like to start with is, yes, I teach entrepreneurs how to do public speaking, specifically on stages to grow their business, like their email list, to to sell their programs or whatever else. But I think understanding that there are so many different kinds of stages a stage is just a place to share your message. So you could be on stage on Facebook Live. It could be an Instagram story. It could be a podcast interview. It could be you speaking to your kids group at school, like with other parents trying to influence them to up their donations. Like any place that you are speaking to share a message and persuade that is a stage. So when we think about it in that way, we all have to public speak. So if we start looking at ways we can uh, get better at public speaking, we can be more effective in all of those different kinds of stages. So thinking about fear, let's talk about that. Typically, fear comes from a couple things. Fear of, oh my gosh, what will people think? Oh my gosh, what if I can't get the ideas out of my head? If I sound like an idiot, if I flub or flumble or like I just did, like there's all these different narratives we have going on. And Here's the, a few tips that I like to give to my clients and students related to fear of the camera or fear of speaking to a live group. The first is gut check your focus. When we're focused on our own nerves or we're focused on this couple of those questions that I said, what will people think of me? What if I mess up? What if I forget what I was going to say? You'll notice all of those thoughts are very self-centered. And I hate to say that, but we all think about ourselves. We all have egos. And when we're focusing on ourselves, it just intensifies that fear. So what I recommend is let yourself move externally, move outward and shift your focus to who you're talking to. And I like to say, get really specific around maybe one person you're talking to. So if you're on a camera, imagine your favorite person in the whole world or your favorite client, your most ideal client that you'd want to work with. Picture one person in your mind. And when you think about them and not just their face, but if you actually think about what might they be worried about right now? What might they be scared of? What narrative might they be having in their head? When you start imagining those things, you'll actually notice that your internal fears and nerves and sweats and all those things, they start dissipating because you then go into the mode of wanting to help them. So that's my first trick is shift your focus. My second tip would be get your energy up. So I like to recommend that everyone has some kind of ritual that they do, and it could be different for each person. And what I mean by ritual, it doesn't have to be this big, weird, woo-woo thing. It's just, (laughs) what do you do immediately before you speak? So for me, like right before you and I got on this interview today, I had a coaching call and I had, I don't know, maybe 90 seconds in between things. So I stood up, I did like a couple jump up and downs. I look like a crazy person. I look silly. But for me, I have to have like a mental shift of going, okay, get out of the coaching mindset into the high energy mindset. And then I usually play a song. And then right before I hit record or right before I step on a stage, I close my eyes and for 30 seconds, I think of the person I'm about to talk to. So today for me, I thought of you and I thought, okay, what does Amanda need right now for me to show up really well for her audience? How might she be feeling right now? How might her audience might be thinking about this topic? Who might be listening right now? 
who would be listening to this message and how could I help them? Is it a business owner? Is it a single mom who's trying to start a business off the ground, but she can't find time for it because she's stuck in quarantine and her kids are home all the time and she has a full-time job? Like me thinking about that and having that built into my ritual, it helps me make sure that I'm not focused on me, but instead I'm focused on you. Those are such great tips, like really, really, really great. In fact, I have recently kind of upped my game a little bit with my website as far as like scheduling content and like getting it all done ahead of time and like sending out the email blasts and stuff. I, cause I, I'm really good at doing that for my other clients, but for my own business, I struggle to do that. And yeah, weekly Facebook lives has been on my list for the last month. <laughs> and I still haven't done one and it's, I just like get in my own head. But if I think about the people who need to hear what I'm offering, like that's a total shift that like, okay, I need to do this. This is something, you know, I, I can't help people if I'm not giving them the information. So that's a really good way to look Yes. Yeah. Well, and you know, with that, it, when you think about that bigger mission, when you take it a step further and tie it back to what is your, what is your mission? What are you trying to do? What's the message? And then actually it sounds terrible, but give yourself a little bit of that gut check guilt trip of going, dang, I like for me, not showing up means that I'm like putting the handcuffs on myself from helping my people. Like I'm holding myself back and I'm not showing up for them. So when you kind of pep talk yourself, you kick yourself in the butt a little bit and be like, oh man, I'm not living in the way that it's in alignment with my vision for myself or my goals. And that kind of butt kick helps you do the scary thing. And then the mental shift helps you step into that. Like you're still going to be, let me just disclaimer, you're still going to be sweaty you're still going to have the shaky voice. You're still going to have the physical things that happen. More practice helps you work through those. But what you have to do is take that moment. It's like when you're on a high dive and you stand up there. When I was a kid, I would, I would always stand up there and just do the 15 minutes of like fear looking over the edge. <laughs> and I would talk myself out of jumping in the pool. But every time I would just be like, screw it and jump in. I would always be like, dang, why did it take me so long? So what I'm saying here in those mental shifts, like that's the, however long you're going to stand on that high dive, like you got to pep talk yourself out of it. And the jump itself is going to be scary, but you know, it's going to be better on the other side because your audience is going to hear you. That's so important. It makes me think of you in the high dive makes me think of, um, I was in Hawaii and my husband and I climbed up this 25 foot rock to jump into the ocean. And I watched people hesitate and hesitate and hesitate. I was like, I am not going to hesitate. So I walked up, I stepped out once, looked down, stepped back, and then just stepped out again and jumped. And I like totally blacked out. I don't remember any of it, but it was still, (laughs) and I didn't hesitate. I think that's kind of an image I need to keep in my head for all of the stuff that I'm scared to do is just forget waiting and just do it. So yes. Oh my gosh. That's so good. Yes, yes, yes. And I bet so many people that are listening resonate with that because they're probably sitting on that line of they're waiting to do something, whether it's speaking or something else in their business, like that image. I'm right with you there in Hawaii. So, um, you know, a lot of my listeners are moms who have an idea or maybe they don't quite have an idea yet, but they know they like feel in their soul that there's something bigger than just being a mom. And I always try and qualify that because just being a mom is amazing thing. Like being a mom is the greatest thing ever, but your kids are going to grow up and they're going to go out on their own. And what you're supposed to be doing right now is teaching them how to be productive members of society. And my big struggle and the thing that I get really upset at women for doing is delaying their own like dreams and goals for when their kids are grown, because I think you should be doing it right now while your kids are watching you. 
what better way to show them how to go after their big dreams than going after your own? So I, what advice do you have for moms who are like finding excuses to hide and not try those things that are lighting them up? They know that they want more, but they're just really scared or whatever it is that's holding them back. Oh my goodness. This is such a good question. It's a hard one to answer because so many of us are in different phases in our lives. I assure you with my perspective. So for me, my version of hiding was me climbing the corporate ladder. So I did the professional thing in my twenties where I'm like, man, I'm going to become an executive. I'm going to climb the corporate ladder. I'm going to do my thing. Then I'm going to have kids and then I'll be at the top of the tower and then everything will be just fine. And so I did that. And then once I got there and had my first baby, I was, it was like a gut check of going like, this is it. This is what <laughs> life is. And For me, it was just, I don't know, it was, I had that moment of going like, can I do both? Can I really give a life to my kids? Can I really show up for them and work? And so I kind of took my foot off the gas pedal and I plateaued. I still have the big fancy. I was an executive in a medical consulting company and I showed up, I went through the moves, but I was on autopilot because I had given myself the, I don't even want to say excuse, but it was kind of like this excuse that I was more focused on my kids And when I had my second baby a few years ago, I had this wake up moment of going, man, like life shouldn't feel like an autopilot and life shouldn't be just me creating a life for my kids. We're creating a life together and it's okay to have different elements of our life that we feel fulfilled through, whether it's work, whether it's home, whether it's kids, whether it's parenting, whether it's hobbies, whatever that looks like. And so for me, I have this really deep urging desire to help women use their voice. I didn't know what that looked like, but I'm like, okay, I have this idea. So I took time with it. I took all of my second baby's maternity leave. I took some time after that. And I up and quit my job when my little guy churned, he was almost one years old and started my business. And it was a scary thing, but it also felt really right in my gut. So I think bringing this back in to answer your question, I think when you have something in your gut that's really, really important that you see, it's not just a thing where you want to make more money or you want to start a business. Like you have this message that you really know will make an impact the lives of other people. When you do that and you lean into it, even if you don't know how, or even if you're scared, it feels right. And you're willing to push through that fear and discomfort. And the beautiful thing that happens is your kids see that it's okay to take action when you, even when you don't know how things are going to go. And I know for me, this has been a big lesson learned. My kids are little right now. They're two and they're five. And I noticed that when life doesn't go exactly as they want, we're in tantrum phase. I see the tantrums happen when their graham cracker crumbles on the floor. And it's like, I'm teaching them, how do you react through uh, struggle? How do you react when you don't know if something's going to happen or something's not going to happen? They're actually seeing me live this in real time. And I share them, like, I don't necessarily know exactly what I'm doing, but I do know that I'm stepping in the right direction. And I show them that. So I know that's a little like, fluffy in some ways, but also you get to choose how you make it practical. I think you get to choose what lessons you show to your child, but you can tell them, you can tell them all the, like the wonderful things that are the great sayings, but when you show them and then you show them and tell them, it just opens up some really incredible conversations. And I know I'm, I have a perspective of little kids, um, but I feel like I show up better for them because I'm doing this thing for me. I think that's where a lot of women falter or like hold themselves back because they don't have a plan. They don't know exactly how to achieve it, but that is so key of just 
small steps forward in the direction, whether you know exactly how you're going to get there or not, and just being open to whatever comes your way, really. I've set big goals and not had a lot of attachment to how I was going to get there. I found it kind of magically happens, like in ways I didn't expect. Sometimes it takes longer than I want it to, but it always works itself out. It just, it's never the way you think you're, that it's going to happen. That's the kind of crazy part. You just have to be open to it, like you said, and just, you know, deal with the losses and be excited about the successes and just live through the whole process. It's like if you were wanting to be so controlling over your child to shape every action or decision they made or shape their personality. Like I know looking ahead, I'm like, I can already see the fierceness in my two-year-old. There is no way that I'm going to be able to determine exactly how he's going to grow up and develop his personality. Like, so if I were so focused on like shaping that, oh my gosh, parenting would just be terrible. But I, what's funny is in our businesses, we think that we have to control everything and make it perfect and, and we wait from taking action. So I mean, get treat your business a little bit like a kid, shape it, figure out how do you keep showing up every day? If you have a bad day, I mean, throw your own adult tantrum and then get up the next day and keep trying it. But you can't know how it's going to look three years from now, four years from now, five years from now, heck, even 12 months from now. Like you don't know what it's going to look like. All you can do is shape it. Absolutely. So I know that you have, you know, had some hearing loss. How did that impact your life, your business and inspire you to do what you're doing? Hmm. Yeah. So I, so I have a hearing loss. So I wear hearing aids. Yeah. It's a pretty uncommon thing for someone my age. I'm in my, my late thirties and having a significant hearing loss. Like I take these things out. I cannot have a conversation. I wasn't born with a hearing loss. I was born with a rare genetic condition called osteogenesis imperfecta which sounds super fancy, but it just means my bones are brittle. And I broke a lot of bones growing up. But hearing loss, what's funny is what we most people don't really think about is you have bones in your ears and it's actually the mechanical system that allows you to hear. Mine have deteriorated. And so I've worn hearing aids for a decade. I've had a hearing loss for half my life. And the reason why I think this is really interesting related to what I do is, you know, those years when you go from being a teenager or graduating high school to maybe going to college, figuring out who you are, testing boundaries, testing who you are, figuring out your own values and how you're going to live your life outside of your, your parents. Those years for me were really difficult for two reasons. One, I lost my mom to cancer when I was a, a late teen. And then two, I started losing my hearing right around when I was about 20. And the reason why this was so interesting is I learned very early on that even though I couldn't understand people. I could hear noises. Like that's the weird thing about hearing loss. People think that, oh, if you have a hearing loss, you can't hear. You can hear, you just can't make out sounds. So it just feels like everybody's mumbling, but you don't really think you have a hearing loss because you can hear. So I went through eight years of my life not being able to really carry conversations. So it made me feel like something was wrong with me. Like I was broken. Like I had a personality disorder where I didn't like people because I didn't want to sit down and chit chat and have conversations. And it made me feel like something's wrong with me. Like I don't care about other people. And I mean, luckily I, I got through that and learned that, no, I just couldn't understand people. So the actual conversations were really, really difficult. So I developed some, some coping mechanisms, which was to isolate myself and view myself as really strong and independent and I don't know, all these other things that I labeled myself as, but really what was happening was I couldn't hear people. And what I did develop was this really interesting ability to read people. 
So understanding that it's not just the words people says, but how they carry their face, the tone in which they use, the way that they hold their body, you can tell a lot about what somebody says beyond the words that they say. And I I didn't even know I was recognizing this at the time, but when I started formally studying communication, I realized that communication is three things. It's the words we say, it's how we say it, and it's all of the nonverbals in those things I just mentioned, our facial expressions, our hand gestures, all of those things. So I developed this really incredible superpower. It's a very common use term, but really it is for me, which is you can communicate so much beyond your words. So I started becoming obsessed with this idea around how could we be more intentional with our communication? Is it just a byproduct of how we show up and how we've experienced life? Or could we actually shape the way that others see us? And that for me, I started saying this identity that I developed where I feel, I feel alone. I feel like there's something wrong with me. I feel this need to show up and have like the first thing to say and have all my stuff together and always be the one who knows something. So people didn't think I was slow or stupid. Like that identity that I had built, that wall around me that I had built, could I change that identity? And I realized that I could. I started like telling myself, here's how I want to be perceived. I want to be compassionate. I want to be attentive. I want to be funny. I want to be, I started listing out what are the words I want to be intentional with, but how do I want people to experience me? Weird way to say it, but you know what I mean? Like I I started thinking about that. And then that started challenging me to say, when I show up to a conversation, how could I show up in that way? How could I carry my body? How could I change my voice? And not in an inauthentic way, but in an intentional way where what's me on the inside comes out through how I show up and communicate. And that for me has been a game changer. And it really was the start of my whole professional journey, but also just all the relationships and stuff that I have in my life now. I'm so grateful that I was able to understand that it started with a hearing loss and I was able to do something about it. That is such an amazing story. Just taking something that's so difficult and so unexpected and so not anything anybody could ever plan for, but just kind of flipping it into making a huge difference in your life, your career, your everything. That's awesome. Thank you. It's crazy how sometimes it's the things that are, you know, like adversity that kind of push you. That's what, I don't know if you know my story or not, but like I, when I started my business 14 years ago, it was because I had gotten into a ton of debt, which is my own fault and absolutely not in any way (laughs) the same as you unexpectedly losing your hearing. It was the same thing. It was kind of a, what some people would say is a mistake and it was a mistake, but if I hadn't made that mistake, I wouldn't have gone down this road. And sometimes it's these crazy things that you don't see coming that push you in the direction that you needed to go. You just have to keep going. Yeah, yeah that is so, so powerful. And also, so side note, just to point out that that comment that you just made around, like, not that it's anything in compared to my story. I want to hit on that for a second, because this is something that I hear a lot of times from my students around public speaking. They think that they have to have this really big life story. They have had to have had this tragic thing that happens to them because we see all these authors or big names sharing this really big story. And I think just the one thing to hit on is all of us have a story. It doesn't have to be tragic. It doesn't have to be in comparison to one another. Like we all go through things in life and by sharing them, it doesn't minimize anyone else's. And it doesn't have to be like, is ours bigger? Or I don't know. I had one time I was talking with this client and she shared with me, she goes, sometimes I have these really morbid thoughts where I feel like if something really tragic happened to me, then it would make this a lot easier. That sounds like a totally jerk thing to say, but like meaning that she didn't really have like a big life story. And I'm like, 
I get that. Like that sounds horrible to admit out loud, but we hear that from other people. And what I found when it comes to storytelling, we all have stories. And sometimes just the experience that we went through that we don't think much of it, or we think that, oh my gosh, nobody else is going to care about that. Like those are the ones that are most relatable and the most powerful. So I am a firm believer that everyone has a story. And once you own yours and start sharing it, like that's when you really start like making your way out of sharing your message in a really compelling way. Absolutely. And you can't have any shame around it. Like is mine. Uh, I didn't talk about my debt for a long time because I was like, I got a $64,000 worth of credit card debt. How does a person even do that? Like, that's so ridiculous. And when I tell people about it, their faces are like, oh my gosh, but you know, it really changed my life. If I hadn't done that, I wouldn't have started my business. And I wouldn't, now I've been to Italy twice. I've been to Paris. I've been to Norway. I've been all over these places. And none of that would have happened if I hadn't gotten into debt. I mean, I might've been there eventually, but like just my whole world shifted and changed into a place I never could have imagined all because of this one huge mistake that everybody is like, oh my, but you know, it happened and I paid it off and it's all good now. So, (laughs) and you were so like in the boldness, I mean, hence the whole like concept of the show around being bold and pushing through it. It's incredible. Like, I think that's the thing is like pushing through those hard moments and doing it bravely. It's amazing. Yeah, absolutely. So is there anywhere that we can send, I can send my listeners, like, uh, do you have an opt-in where, what are your socials? What, where can I send people? We're all the places. We're all the places. Yeah. I, I hang out <laughs> online just like we all do these days. I think a couple things. So if the idea of getting more comfortable and sharing your message and putting yourself out there, if that's something that is exciting to you, I think the best place for us to connect is I have my own podcast. It's called Finding Your It Factor. And it's this idea around how do you blend this idea of honing your message and developing the confidence to show up with your voice on whatever stage it is that you're speaking on whether that's the stage of life, talking to a friend or a spouse or, or a community, or it's the you showing up online as a business. So you can find that at heathersager.com forward slash podcast, but finding your factor is that. And then for me, I love hanging out on Instagram. That is the place where I hang out every day on Instagram stories, where I share uh, tidbits about speaking, about life, about online business. So you can find me there at the Heather Sager. And then of course, like if the fear thing, since we did talk a lot about that today, I do have a, what do I call it? My team and I created this when we were teaching around how to get over your fear on the camera. So I have these five fear busting hacks that help you show up specifically to camera. So if Facebook lives or video was something that you want to push through, you can download not only my fear busting hacks. We talked about one of them today, but there's four more. Um, You can download those. And I also have my recommended tech list. So what technology do you need to really get started in a scrappy way? Um, You can find that over at heathersager.com forward slash get started on video. Perfect. I'll definitely be heading over there myself. I, like I said, I have done, you know, a few things and I'm, I really believe I should be moving in this direction more, but I do have a lot of fear around it. I still do. So I will definitely head over there myself. Is there anything else you want to share or add or anything at all? You know, I, first of all, thank you so much for having me on the show. I think your podcast, I have listened to it. I have listened to your story. It's incredible. And I think the more that we surround ourselves with other women who are taking brave action, the more that we have podcasts like this in your ears and you're, you're finding those moments to stay inspired and excited. And that to me, I think is the best thing that you can do for your own personal development and your own bravery is to surround yourself with inspiration every day. Listen to things that are going to keep you on that line of pushing 
pushing and challenging yourself because when life throws that moments where you want to shy away, you probably will. So you need to have that community around you, even if it's a virtual mentor, like someone to help push you. I think it's a really, really powerful thing. And Amanda, you do an incredible job with that for your audience here on the podcast and also in your social media. Thank you. I feel the same way about you. I'm so glad we connected and so much for being on today. Of course. Good luck. I'm excited to hear how you show up on your next Facebook live. You're doing it girl. Oh yeah. I, I have one set to, I'm going to do one this week. I promise. So <laughs> Good. Okay. I, uh, I'll, I'll check in with you. I'll send you an Instagram DM and ask you how it goes. Maybe I'll even show up live. <laughs> Definitely. All right. Well, thank you again. Thanks so much. Of course. Thank you for listening to the Just Boldly Go podcast. You can check out all we've got going on over at JustBoldlyGo.com. And uh, you can check out my book, Mom Versus Debt, How I Paid Off $64,000 in Credit Card Debt in Under Three Years Without Becoming a Stripper at MomVersusDebt.com.